0: so i'm just starting to kind of dive into this personal branding i'm definitely late to the game and i would like to blame it on the fact that i had a baby seven months ago but i think it's more of this imposter syndrome that you hear a lot of and it's like okay you know i you know lead demand gen here at cvent but how is my content going to be different than anyone else's? Like, how do I get started? How am I going to be this me? Like it's that competition of these well-known B2B marketers that you hear of all the time. And I think it's really just getting started, one, and then two, being consistent. Great events create great brands. And it takes a village to put on an event that engages, excites, and connects audiences to your brand and we're that village i'm Melissa. i'm paulina and i'm rachel and you're listening to great events the podcast for all people interested in events
1: and marketing
2: What is going on in the wide, wide world of events? My name is Paulina Giusti, and I am excited to welcome you all to this week's episode of Great Events. We've got a stellar cast of guest speakers on today's episode, and we're gonna be talking about some really awesome topics, including community building, the power of personal branding, and really how combining these two efforts can create a community powerhouse by way of word of mouth and credibility, effective partnerships, advocacy, retention, all of that great stuff. And so without further ado, I'd love to introduce two very talented marketers who are going to walk us through, you know, these two segments and how we're thinking about community and personal branding this year and into 2024. So I'd love to start with our guest, Katie Ray. She is the director of community at Metadata. Metadata is, you know, a company where she spends a lot of her time developing a truly member First community. She's also focusing on events and partnerships, and is now managing their SDR team. Wow, you have a ton of free time, I can tell. And she's taking communities from you know six thousand members to thirty thousand members in just a year's time. That is an epic stat. And I'd love to get into all of the amazing things that you've you've been talking about or, or shared with us pre today's podcast, but. In addition to that, she spends her time learning new ways to grow communities, connecting with other community managers. She's engaging with her own members. She recently received her MBA from Texas Tech University, and she won, oh my gosh, I don't think I knew this, CMXer of the Year in 2022. Massive snaps for this chickie here. In her downtime when she's not loving on all her dogs who you all just missed out seeing. She loves to read and write and go on date nights with her husband and play with their three adopted Huskies. So Katie, thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. Welcome. Thank you.
1: I'm excited. This is gonna be such a good session, y'all. That's gonna be great. <laughs>
2: Awesome. And our second guest, she is a lady behind the scenes. She is what keeps this podcast running. She is the engine of great events. Her name is Tiffany Sanford. She leads C Vents demand gen marketing efforts. She is an absolute big, big believer in working smart, not hard. And a lot of that sentiment is around leveraging community based marketing strategy. She is a huge fangirl of metadata, where Katie Ray works, a big proponent in how Cvent has gotten involved with leveraging all of the key solutions that metadata offers. And fun fact, this is her first time on the podcast, but I am willing to, to bet that it is not her last. So really, really excited to have you on the podcast today, Tiff.
0: Welcome. I'm excited. And actually, believe it or not, this is my second time on the podcast. <laughs> it's
2: right up. I can't believe I misspoke. I'm a, was I on that
0: episode? It doesn't count if no, I was on it. it was with Alyssa.
2: <laughs> well, fine. It doesn't count if I'm not on it.
0: Right. Yeah. First one with Katie. That's all that matters.
2: That's true. This is the party up. All right, well, let's let's get into the topic, right? The first segment that we wanted to chat about is really centered around community. And, you know, as an event professional, community is at the epicenter of how I design events and experiences. And it's thinking about bringing together communities, you know, for an in-person event experience, for a virtual event experience, all of that is very similar to developing and marketing to and cultivating communities in sort of the marketing sphere. So. I'm going to go to Katie first. You know what is community building in the context of events from your perspective?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think one of the biggest things to highlight, kind of jumping into this conversation, is the difference between community and audiences, right? So, you know, think about going to a concert. It's a it's a big event, and you're there, you're enjoying it, you're singing along, and that's great. But once you leave, you know, you'll probably share some pics on social, and that that's kind of it the biggest difference is with community it's you're there you're enjoying it but you're also connecting it's really the relational side and and you've got different activations at certain events that will really encourage and foster the relational aspect of the audience and so i think that's one of the biggest defining factors. And so whenever we think through different ways to do community building, especially within events and conferences, as, a, as an example specifically, it's really how do we convert people from just another person in the chair to a part of the relational building that comes through conferences or virtual events or you know smaller in-person events as well. And so it's how do we think about engaging with them? How do we get our speakers engaged with each person that's in a chair? How do we get the attendees engaged with each other? How do we make sure that this isn't just a one-off situation where a bunch of people came, they learned, they left versus they came, they connected, they built relationships, they left, they continue to connect. And so for me, that's really what I is always top of mind on on whenever I'm planning out different types of events in the community aspect of them.
2: I love that. Uh, I I feel like we try to extend the life of an event by offering this sort of access to content or access to social, right? But there is this additional layer of beyond the the constraints of the event, what are people doing? How are they continuing to, to talk? You work with me on a pretty daily basis. So I feel like you get sort of the event planner mindset and you being a marketer, How can others have as tight-knit of a relationship? How can marketers and event planners work together to build and foster communities like what Katie was just describing? Are there certain tactics that we should be doing or things that we should be thinking about?
0: I'm definitely on the flip side. So I am actually like a community member. And I think, you know, just I'll hit on uh, Katie's point. It really does go beyond a one-time event. And I think the goal is really to foster that ongoing engagement through the community. And it's where you share common interests or goals related to the event or the audience. So, you know, I think that event planners and marketers can work really well together to build those networking opportunities, including like anything on social media. How can we build the hype for this event? Who is the right? Who is maybe the face of an event marketer within Cvent. And is this person, are they attending, you know, most of our events? Because if they're attending most of our events, they're gonna kind of be that face of Cvent. So I think, you know, especially going into 2024, that's something that I'm hearing a lot of is like, you kind of have this, this advocate you know, within your company that goes to the events and they build that relationship with other marketers or event planners. So I think that is probably going to be key going into to 2024 is really honing in on like personal branding and, you know, building those relationships and having the, you know, that one or two kind of SWAT team that attends these trade shows just to build that familiarity. I can never say that word. So I think that's, you know, that's what's important.
2: So, I mean, I'm thinking about this from an event design perspective and only because it's super top of mind for our 2024 conference, but we're taking a vertical approach, right? We're thinking about unique industries and fostering unique experiences for them. At the same time, I'm designing an event for 4,000 people, right? So, you know, there's there's a sense of balance, Katie, any insight or suggestions for those thinking about, okay, we're looking at this from a 10,000 foot view, but I've also got to look at it from a 10 foot view based on unique subsets of our communities that are interacting together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the biggest thing is really understanding what the members in those subsets really care about and what's most important to them. I, I really think for any type of community building program, you have to understand Who are these people? What is most important to them? What do they actually care about? And then really hone in on that. So whenever you're planning of a big conference like that, and you're thinking, how do I get these different types of people interacting with each other? In that subsect, as well as crossing the borders as well into other types of industries, you need to be thinking about, okay, well, if I've got a group of engineers, for example, they're oftentimes a little bit more reserved, a little more shy. They may not enjoy being forced to go and do like a networking game. Like that may not be the best thing for that group, right? I mean, hey, you may get lucky and they're as bubbly and lively as I am, right? But not every engineer is going to be you know super excited to go and chat with random people right so trying to create different types of activations for them while also thinking about you know let's say i've got a group of marketers we're all there to go network and we enjoy it most of the time but then it's also figuring out how do we cross cross those verticals and so whenever you're thinking about these big conferences and you're thinking about the micro activations that are a part of all these large events you need to be thinking about Once again, who is this affecting? Is this something they would even care about? Have we even asked them? I mean, I'm a huge proponent of, you know, so many times we think that, oh, this is gonna be the most amazing idea and it's not. And that's okay. You test it and you say, let's mix it for the next one. But I always try and go to the community and say, what do you wanna see more of? And give them options to fill in the blank too. And, And same thing with different types of activations. One thing that we've done for our demand community events, whenever we do in-person events that I am very happy that we get to is we always provide some type of an activity. Because once again, not every single person in the community is super comfortable just going up to a random person and having a conversation. So we've done activations at like a mini putt-putt place or a ping pong bar and different types of activities where you don't have to be super vocal and loud to be able to participate. And it's really cool. One of the The mini putt-putt that we did in Denver last year, it was awesome because we did have folks that weren't super comfortable but wanted to be there. And it was cool seeing them kind of come out of their shell because we ended up just grouping people and sending them down to go golf. And they did better in smaller groups and they liked being able to focus on an activity if they didn't know how to participate in the conversation. And I think that's something, especially when you're doing large activations. Now, you may not be able to send everyone on different micro events, but whenever you're planning, think about those people and think about how do they want to interact, ask them how they want to interact, and really follow through with it too. Because then you're building loyalty at that point because you're listening and you're doing what they're asking and if you you know you can't make everyone happy but you say, hey we pulled X amount of people this is where the biggest response was so this is what we're doing you know if you want to see something different make sure you participate next time And so I think that's what I would always recommend for people in that situation. I've got a quick follow-up
2: question to that because you know we've talked about designing, experiences for extroverts for introverts based off of personas or verticals and and thinking about sort of the grand scale in, in play. But you know, when we think about some of the core KPIs of an event or of managing a community. One of them is largely growth. And, you know, when I was introducing you, you know, you have this unbelievable stat of, of growing a community from 6,000 to 30,000. And any event professional is, yours are gonna perk up and and translate something of that nature to registration, right? Maybe, you know, they're promoting a cool new experience. And so that's activating that growth. Give us some context of, to how you were able to grow so much so quickly
1: yeah well i was very lucky that was over at sales hacker and at the time they were owned by outreach so of course the brand and i know we'll probably talk about brand a little bit later but the brand plays such a huge role in growing i think that's one of the biggest things is you have to i don't even know a good way to say it but it's tough if you don't have that well-known brand it's really tough to start growing so if you don't i'd say get out on social get brand advocates, get people involved and excited and give them a reason to wanna to share it with other people. Would you say events? <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, get people excited, give accessible events too. Really meet people where they're at, give other voices a platform where they may not have it in other ways, you know? And so I think that was something, at least with the demand community, whenever we got started, that was really important for us. It still continues to be very important for us. But at Sales Hacker, like I said, we had such a great brand recognition but it was also, and I just wrote about this in my newsletter. one of the tactics I tried whenever I, I joined there was every day we'd get a whole new batch of people, hundreds of people, and I would spend hours individually messaging every single person in the platform. One, if they saw it in the platform, it it brought them back into it so I could count on some level of engagement in the platform. But I wanted them to feel welcome, like and that's always something that's so important for me is every single person i i interact with. I want them to know like, Hey, I, I genuinely care about you. I want you to be successful. I'm here to support whatever that looks like. And I think that same thing goes with events. And I will say outreach has always done a really good job at their annual conference. They'll have like a whole line of employees, like we're so excited you're here. And it's kind of like a tunnel you get to run in and it's just a cool experience, but they, they labeled the name tags in like certain color coding that everyone on the outreach staff knew. And so you knew who was new, who was a first time person, who, you know, who has come before. So you can say, hey, looks like you're new. Are you by yourself? Did you come with the team? Oh, no, let me introduce you to someone. And I think that is like a huge part of it. And just by making people feel welcomed, they'll probably wanna share it with others of, hey, I had such a great experience. Let me get other people involved in this too. And I think that is what really skyrocketed that growth as well as providing value. They loved our webinars. You know, We did two webinars a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays every single week. And so the value that came from that content and access to speakers that they may not have access to before was such a game changer in how we grew. And I think the same thing with in person events as well. You have to have that. Listening to your
2: personal outreach to the new members, that very much sounds like you. That sounds very on brand for you. You know, someone who's going to be super proactive and engaged with their community. Let's kind of switch gears here to personal branding. And admittedly, so I am at a complete crossroads of what my personal brand is. I, and I'm a host of a podcast and I feel like I do more events than a a human typically should. So I feel like I should have a sense of what my personal brand is and how I should engage with the larger industry and community, but kind of at a, at a crossroads, like I said. And so would love to hear how you've designed this for yourself and Tiff jump in because you also are so intent on how you navigate your personal brand story and cultivating that for our own podcast hosts minus yours truly. So we'd love to hear best practices from you both. Yeah.
0: So I'm just starting to kind of dive into this personal branding. I'm definitely late to the game and I would like to blame it on the fact that I had a baby seven months ago, but I think it's more of this imposter syndrome that you hear a lot of and it's like okay you know i you know lead demand gen here at cvent but how is my content going to be different than anyone else's how do i get started how am i going to be this me like it's that competition of these well known b2b marketers that you hear of all the time and i think it's really just getting started one and then two being consistent with it katie you are all over my linkedin So how did you approach that for one? I mean, obviously you're a community pro, but how did you know, like, what you were going to talk about? And then how are you staying consistent? Like, how are you doing this on top of doing all the things that you do at Metadata? Give us some pointers.
1: (laughs) All the behind the scenes, huh? (laughs) So it's actually funny that we're talking about this. I literally right before hopping on here, of course, had some calls. But earlier this morning, I was like, man, I need to write a LinkedIn post. I haven't written anything since like Monday. And so I was just thinking like, wow, I'm really inconsistent <laughs> with this. But I think the biggest thing, I think a lot of people get caught up with like, what is my brand? What, you know, kind of like what you're saying. Like for me, I have no idea. I don't I don't know what my brand is. I just want to build in public. I want people to see it is what it is. This is what we're doing. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Because I have spent so much time getting so frustrated with LinkedIn influencers and thought leaders. I'm like, you haven't done this job in so long. Like, what are you, what are you doing? You're just consulting. Like you're not even on the battlefield anymore. Like what, what is this? And I get so frustrated and same thing that's kind of why we chose a lot of the speakers we did for demand this year is because there are so many amazing speakers but a lot of them it's the same stuff they say at every single conference and i don't think that's fair like there's so many great frontline people that are doing the damn job that aren't getting that exposure because they're not building on linkedin as much as they probably should in order to get that so for me of course I have imposter syndrome, right? Like there's always going to be someone better than me out there. And I think that's amazing. But what I know today is probably more than some people know today. You know what I mean? And so that's how I just think about it is I just want to build in public and hopefully it helps someone else. Hopefully it gives someone else a leg up so that they don't have to deal with all the crap I've had to, or they don't have to test in certain ways that then I've had to. And so for me, that's all I think about. So when we were planning to I tried so hard to put like, Week one, here's what we did. Week two, things are on fire. <laughs> but I'm also like very honest with it. And I think people appreciate that because it's not all rainbows and daisies all the time. You know, I mean it's tough and it can be incredibly defeating. And and so I think for me, that's what I focus on. So maybe my brand's just trying to be real, but I'm never gonna be the one like, oh, I'm just being real with you. Like, I'm never gonna do that. And that's just that's just me. I just I want to share resources ideas you know i just started my newsletter and that's the same thing like it's the exact same stuff of hey here's what i learned here's what i did some of it works some of it didn't good luck take it with a grain of salt cuz it may not work for you either <laughs> but that's that's what i do so but it's also like I said, I mean, there's always going to be someone out there better than me doing things differently. And I hope that they're sharing as well so I can learn too. And I used to be, whenever I was at Sales Hacker, Scott Barker, and I had a conversation about building brand and he was like, create a schedule. Every Monday you post about this. Every Tuesday you post about this. Every Wednesday this, Thursday, this, and Friday that. And it was really good. And I actually had it as my background on my computer. And I've definitely, I have definitely strayed away from that, but I probably should get back to it. <laughs> i
2: love that i think a lot of people listen to this podcast for tangible information that they can say okay i'm gonna take that and i'm gonna do it and like for me hearing you say okay create a routine with it or add it into you know something that's habitual in a way that to me is like what i need to to hear to say, you know what? It doesn't have to be every week. Maybe it's, you know, every event or, and start like, give yourself small milestones. I think what's also a little intimidating too, though, is at least for me, event professionals are notoriously behind the scenes creatures. And so it's not a, you know, I could be as extroverted as, you know, I am, but it doesn't feel natural for me to be promoting all of the learnings or the successes of something that have been very much behind the scenes on the experience. So I think a lot of us event professionals kind of have to navigate that sort of that thought process a little bit.
0: But I have something sorry. Event planners work their ass off. And other people want to know how are they doing that? And I'm just gonna call out Paulina that that really awesome you know, word of mouth event that happened at Cvent last week. You know, if you wanna tell that story, I think you should be the one to tell it. But I, I think the power of all of this is people do want to know. You are the expert at Cvent and believe it or not, there are a ton of people that want to know. And I think for me, you know, I see a ton of B2B marketers. I don't see a ton of event planners. Building the personal brand on LinkedIn. Maybe I'm just not, it's not in like my algorithm, but I don't see that. And so I think that there's so many benefits, not just for yourself for personal branding, but also for the company that you're working for. I mean, from, you know, metadata, for example, I would not have joined the community had I not been following Katie. Like I saw her post, like, hey, we got this community for Demand Gen folks. If you're in Demand Gen or marketing or brand, you should definitely join it. And I was like, I'm going to click on that link and I'm going to join it. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a member now. So I think it it's such a powerful tool for yourself, for your company's success. And Paulina, I really want you to share what you experienced last week, because I think that speaks volume into people are listening to this podcast. They're listening to you, Paulina. They know your voice. So Please share that story.
2: Oh gosh. Well, now in the hot seat. I can't remember his name, but he is going to email me and I do want him to join the podcast. So, last week we hosted our European Annual User Conference in London and smashing success. Oh, you know, record number registrations and attendance. And in addition to sort of planning the the conference with the support of, of an amazing team, I had the luxury of speaking at it too. And, you know, in the throes of all of the planning, I think I forgot to upload my own speaker, headshot, bio description of who I am for the session. And so when I'm speaking in the session, people in the audience had no idea who I was. And at the end of the session, you know, a couple people came up to ask a couple questions and one individual came up to me and said, I don't know who you are, but I recognize your voice. Are you, Paulina, from the podcast? And my jaw hit the ground. I was like, are you telling me that my dad isn't the only one who listens to this podcast? I was absolutely floored. And Alyssa happened to be standing nearby, caught wind of the conversation, and we were like, have we gone global? (laughs) It was a moment where we were in just awe, and it was one person, but you know, it, it certainly goes to show that you know one person listening in makes it absolutely worthwhile. You know, we shared tons of feedback. He said he listens to our podcast on his runs or whatever. You know, he loves the quick format, digestible format that we provide, and you know that makes it all the worthwhile. But to your point, Tiffany, you know, I don't see many event professionals kind of putting their personal brand out there. And so I think this is for our listeners assigned to, that should be maybe something we try next year. Doesn't have to be before the end of the year. I know we're all scrambling to finish out the year, but I think that is a, call it a new year's resolution or a personal branding opportunity for growth. I think that would be amazing for us.
0: And I would just add, you know, I know we get, we're all so busy. So I would say just try it for maybe, one event that's upcoming or try it for a webinar that you're going to be presenting on or a podcast, try one post and just see where that goes. And then you can continue to evolve from that. But I think that's the most important thing because we are just all trying to do so much at once, but I think really simplifying it and testing it before you just totally dive into it. Cause I know starting it is going to be tough you know, like I said, try it for one event that you have up and coming and see if you get responses like that word of mouth, like, Hey, I saw your post. So that got me to register or, you know, anything like that, any kind of, you know, word of mouth feedback. So
2: love it. I feel like we're at the point where we're able to really connect the dots of today's episode. And it's all about, you know, building community, designing experiences that obviously grow your community by way of events, by way of experiences and other sort of traditional marketing channels. And and it's all about all of these working together, right? Opportunities for collaboration and overlap. And, you know, I kind of want to just leave with one sort of data point question that Katie, maybe you can help us answer, but when it comes to measuring the impact of your community, we think about measuring the impact of an event, right? Return on investment, return on an event. How do you think about measuring and defining success for your community building efforts?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, they're actually very similar. So for us, like a lot of the KPIs that we track, I mean, some are kind of considered vanity metrics in the sense of like engagement and growth, but I really like to go under the hood of all of that. And if I'm seeing and like, you know, let's say on average we have about 41 posts in messages in the demand community a day. So that's a great metric. Love that. Good numbers. But what's most important to me is about 60% of that comes from personal messages with other people. Now I can't see the messages, but that's just what the data is showing us is people are DMing each other. And I love that because they're building relationships. They're connecting with each other. That's huge. You know, the other 40% or so are conversation posts in the actual channels. And that's amazing as well. Same thing as with growth. You know, we love seeing the community grow. I love seeing people recommend each other into the community. Like all that makes my heart so happy, but it's also diving underneath, is it referrals? Are people coming from word of mouth? And if so, like, what does that really look like? What are we doing that would encourage someone to want to invite someone else to the community? If we're not growing, what does that look like? And so that's really important for us. But similarly, you know, I have to show how the community affects bottom line. And so for us, we see how the community affects opportunities if the community is organically bringing in business from people in the community through different conversations. And then my long-term goal is to figure out how the community members affect retention internally, or, you know, with opportunities and such. It just hasn't been around that long to, to really track it. It's only been like a year and a month or so. And so we're just starting to kind of get all that data in there to see how community actually affects our retention and reducing churn efforts as well. So that's super important for us. So just like events, there's the bottom line we all have to answer to, so. (laughs) I love that. And, you know, think about, you know, event
2: organizers listening in. How are you activating your own community efforts at your annual user conference or at your total, you know, within your total event program? This year at our Europe event that just wrapped, you know, was the first year we were really, intentional on what our community activation looks like in the innovation pavilion, what our community programs look like, you know, and It was all about having really fun and engaging activations on site. I think we had like beanbag toss. There was like a painting, paint by numbers kind of activation there where, you know, to your point, not everyone's an extrovert. And so someone who wanted to just sort of fill in, you know, a a piece of a mural by painting, but someone stepped up next to them. It afforded them an organic opportunity. It's bringing that community, that digital space to life on site. And I think that is exactly what we were hoping to to get across today, that there's a lot of opportunity to dig into your existing communities or bring a community to your organization and activate it um, on site within your total event program. So thank you both so much for joining today's podcast. I absolutely loved it. We could talk for hours on this topic. And in fact, we just might, maybe we have a part two in the new year, but you both were great. And I just wanna thank you again for joining us today to our star listeners, or I should say our global listeners. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you have any additional things you'd like to share with us, have questions, or just want to send us a DM, find us on LinkedIn, or you can send us a note at cvent.com. Don't forget to subscribe and rate our podcast. And we can't wait to
1: see you guys next time.